here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to the Dharmic Evolution. Um, This is an old alumni, and um, she is coming back for the second time. And if you didn't catch this lady the first time, you could do that at DE68 way back. I think it was 2015. Um, She is a South Sudanese-born, Toronto-based singer-songwriter. How about that? You don't get that every day. Um, I always get excited when I have a guest from another country. And the more exotic and far away, the more excited I get because I just love having um, talent from around the world. And this lady has talent. She's got these clear toned vocals and a flavorful and dynamic fusion. She's got pop, reggae, Afrobeat, and trap. She was born in what is now known as the South Sudan and immigrated to Saskatchewan with her family as refugees in 1992. At the age of 16, she left her family to pursue music in Toronto. And she's been doing it ever since. So you better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution with Amani Ilfated. So welcome back, Amani, to the Dharmic Evolution. Yeah, it's been so long. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's, um, I just started like this past year, about six months ago, having like guests on for a repeat, which I never did before. It was like, you know, just, I was, you know, going for the record of like never having a repeat guest. And then it, it occurred to me that there's so many like yourself who've been like really, really out there working hard and kind of crushing it. And I was so delighted to see your new album come out and the fact that you know, you were a much younger lady when I interviewed you the first time. And, yeah. you know, you've done so well. Like, uh, just like, I don't even know where to start because a lot has happened, right? Yes, a lot since, uh, was it 2016? I, I think it was almost, I would think it was still 15, maybe late in 2015. Wow. That was DE68, and we're up to 243 now, so. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, so it definitely <laughs> was a long time ago. Yeah. So what's been happening? Where are you living right now? Uh, so I'm still in Toronto. Are you? Uh, okay. Wonderful snowy city today. <laughs> you got snow today? Oh, what? yeah. We, we got snowed in today. <laughs> really? Wow. What's going on yeah. out there? Because I moved out of New Jersey to come to Nashville, and we're getting, uh, it's raining like crazy right now. It's going down to 13. So we're going to have a sheet of ice tomorrow oh. morning, I'm sure. <laughs> I came down to the south to get away from all this crazy stuff, you know, and it's followed me, I think. (laughs) Yeah, and then you wind up experiencing it again. I Um, know. It's like, I got to go, I got to keep going south. You know, I'm going to end up in uh, Buenos Aires, I think, you know, next. Who knows? (laughs) Hey, there's no complaining about that, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you um, about the new album, which is really, really exciting that um, you put out called Saturn. Um, was it conceptual or was it just things that you were feeling and thinking um, that brought you to, you know, this con- this body of work? Um, what were you thinking about when you started to write this? What was the, like, the, the ideas behind it? Or was it just a bunch of songs that all kind of came together? Uh, so it was, it was a little bit of both. Um, what it started off as was just, um, it was a kind of a metaphor. Uh, I always envision Saturn as this beautiful planet. Everybody sees it in the distance. Everybody loves it. They fall in love with its shape, its colors. But deep inside, if you look into what Saturn actually comprises of, it's toxic. Uh, There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of storms going on on the planet. Even the rings itself are part, uh, part of destruction. So people love to see things as beautiful, and they just label it as that, but they don't know what's going on inside. So all of the songs kind of reflect a different aspect of turmoil inside, but it's done in a beautiful way. Wow. Um, why don't we start off with You Will Never Know. And do you want to set this up and give us uh, the thinking behind this, You Will Never Know? Yes. Yeah. So You Will Never Know started, um, I guess the beginning of it would be long, long time ago when my family came to Canada from South Sudan. Um, so we lived in Saskatchewan. 
And one of the biggest issues that uh, I was facing there, aside from racism and other other uh, difficult issues, was that the cultural differences were very enormous. So for my family, they wanted me to be more South Sudanese, less Canadian. The Canadians wanted me to be more Canadian and less African. But when I tried to be one or the other, they would say, no, it doesn't it doesn't work. So the Canadians would be like, you're still too African for us, or you're not African enough. Um, so I'd hear from both ends and a lot of gossip and things were just coming together as to who I was. So the title of the song, You Will Never Know, is basically saying you will never know who I really am. And uh, right. then there's the different languages. Matakela uh, Miyahaja is basically, don't tell me anything. And then Umonindi Shamarat Min Kasmaflogo means there's gossip in their mouths. I love the way you intertwine the two languages in here. I just love that. It was so cool. So, you know, let's just take it out. Here we go. You will never know. really really awesome i love the um the drums in it and again you know with the language you were very clever in the way you intertwined the, the you know the different cultures and you're speaking in two different languages so you're tying the whole all the emotions together it sounds like to me so mm -hmm. you're a brave girl because you um you know it's really hard to move anywhere outside of your comfort zone and you moved not only your town your city, your country, your continent, you know, like you, you like did the whole thing. And then, you know, to go to Saskatchewan from the Sudan, from the Sudan is so, um, man, that is so different, you know, um, 
because you know for people who don't know where that is that's like in the in the most remote wilds of Canada that you can probably get right without being you know all the way in the North Pole or something mm-hmm. right so, <laughs> it's true. yeah it's like and then and like and look at yeah. you you're like you're a you're a singer songwriter and you've got all this um all this pent-up culture and stories and emotions inside of you, you know. So that was the, a strong move for you to have the independence and the wherewithal to just say, you know what, this doesn't work for me. I, I got to do something else. So um, mm-hmm. so you were very young. What were you, 16 when you moved to Toronto? Yes, I was 16. Yeah, so that was, that was like, that was brave, girl. <laughs> <laughs> It was that I really, really wanted to do the music. Um, it was just something that I felt so strongly about. And I figured, you know what, there's other people who have done it. Um, at that time, I was hearing kind of uh, Nelly Furtado's story. And she had done the same thing herself, right. um, going from uh, Vancouver out to Toronto. And I figured, why not? Yeah. You know? Take your chances. You only live one life, right? Right. <laughs> and you, um, yeah, it's just... You know, I mean, it was so mature, like, to do that. And then I remember when, when I first interviewed you on our first go-around, you had been talking to your sister, and your sister, um, I don't know, I think she had a project or something with with music, and she was supposed to write something, and you just said, I'll write you a song. And you, and you just ripped it off yeah. and just said, boom, I hit, done. Here you go. Here's your song, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, that song was uh, called Too Hot. Yes. Um, it's actually on the album Saturday. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Uh, I la- Yes, yes. Because uh, what wound up happening was basically when I was 15, uh, my sister asked me to do a, dance, uh, a song for her school dance. And I remember telling her, I'll write a song and it'll be too hot for the dance That's floor it, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then next thing you know, people really liked the track. And so I released it. Uh, but for this album, I actually got uh, producer B. Morales to redo the beat. Um, and then we redid the vocals and everything. Because back then it was kind of makeshift studio recording. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you, where did you yeah. get your confidence from? Because um, that's that said a lot to me that you like it. You didn't even hesitate. You just said, nah, I got this. Uh, I'll write you this song. But you seem to have... Um, you know, you seem to have that built into your DNA that, and it's a very, very necessary um, part of the career that you've chosen, you know, to like to believe in yourself. So do you know where that came from? Somebody in your family, something, you know, a relative, anybody inspire you when you were very young that did kind of influence you to have this? Yeah, it'd be, well, there's three people, um, all related somehow. So I guess it's, uh, it's my dad's side of the family. I would say um, one of the, the first inspirations that came into my life was my father, um, him bringing us all the way from a war-torn country to uh, Regina and basically facing everything. And, you know, there was always a solution to every problem. Anytime he faced something, it was just like, oh, I'll just figure it out and do it. And everything always seemed to work out in the end, no matter what um, for him. And the other person was my uncle. Uh, who passed away back in 2016, uh, but he was a soldier in South Sudan. And I just remember that every single story about him was just full confidence, no fear. He just went and did what he needed to do. And he just put his faith in God and just, you know, that's what he put himself into. And then uh, a feminine kind of influence for me was my aunt, who is my dad's sister. And uh, he, uh, she was... um, she came to Canada uh, maybe about 13 years ago uh, with four kids on her own. And she had to make ends meet and figure everything out by herself. And uh, she took me in when I came to, uh, to Toronto. And she just, even though she didn't have anything, she somehow managed to pull everything together. So that's where I got a lot of the confidence from, that no matter what happens, it, so long as you're passionate about it, so long as you have faith in God, so long as you believe that it's the right thing. Yeah, it will happen. Wow, that's really that's really powerful. Very awesome. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lady that I know I used I dated a while ago who was um, from Eritrea. So that's the closest. Mm-hmm. So I know something about that area of the world. Um, and mm-hmm. and I did a little digging on your country and. 
there's apparently 60 different dialects of language, <laughs> according to Wikipedia. Yes. And I'm like, whoa, this is like, this is not the same as going over the bridge to from Jersey to New York. You know, this is like really, whoa, mm -hmm. this is crazy. So um, it is it Arabic that your particular, like where you're from, do you speak like, is it is it considered Arabic, Sudanese, or like what is the language considered? Like what you speak um so it's considered more pidgin arabic okay um just because uh we were conquered by britain before so english was the main language right. then uh the we had the middle east kind of influence in there the arabic influence so arabic became kind of the official language when it was as uh one as, as sudan so but because there's so many different tribes in in sudan there's over 65 yeah um, every tribe has their own language. Um, so they kind of try to unify it by saying Arabic is the language. And then when they separated, English became the national language for South Sudan. Okay. So, but they use Swahili as like the language of commerce. It's more prevalent in the South. You can find, um, like for my tribe, Kakwa, but there's a lot of regions in that, in a, a lot of tribes in that region that speak something similar to that. Um, towards the Ethiopian side, you find some people who are speaking Ethiopian even uh, over there, Amharic and other languages. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, I'd hate to have to stop for directions. Like I would not I wouldn't know <laughs> yeah. where to begin. <laughs> Look out. I don't know what to say first. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really something because... Uh, you know, Africa is so huge. And then you have, like you said, it, it's, you know, these tribes are all like their own entity. And, and, you know, that somebody's culture and that's so precious to them, you know, that they want to mm -hmm. defend that. Like, to, you know, that's their language. That's their way of life. That's everything, you know. Um, I just I just know it must be very complex to live, you know, with that many different different things going on. But you know, the cool thing also is, uh, and again, I'm noticing in this when I was going through your tracks this morning, um, I really loved the way you incorporated all of your Sudanese um, eclectic experiences into your music, you know, with, with the drum beats, mm -hmm. with the rhythms, with the language, you know, and, and just like weaving in and out between English and, and Sudanese, your, your language. It's just very, very mm -hmm. cool, and it brings... Um, it brings a more rich experience, I think. And I wanna yeah, I wanna play this this next one. And um, this one is called Everything.
very, very nice. Amani, your voice is coming along all the time. You've, you always had a good voice, and it seems to have um, matured to a, to a level. I noticed some different tones in it now because, you know, you changed a little mm -hmm. bit. You're, you're, a little, you're a couple years older now. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, it, that happens to people all through their life. It, you know, it's kind of it's subtle sometimes. But in your case, I think mm -hmm. some richness developed Um you know, maybe some some deeper richness that I didn't hear the first time, and it just sounds great. So tell us a little bit about your writing and your, um, you know, your regimen if you have one. Are you like really really scheduled? Are you all about there's a project and I'm going to schedule writing, or do you just kind of write like when you feel the, the mood? Uh, so I write mostly when I feel the mood. Um, usually what tracks, uh, I think I mentioned even in the last interview we did, um, I start them off, I produce them. Uh, the ideas, I always say they don't, they don't just pan out right away. Usually they just kind of like come to me while I'm walking down the street or, you know, I'll be sitting on a train and suddenly the idea just strikes me as to what uh, comes about. But with this album, it was very different because I was working with different producers and uh, they were very challenging. <laughs> in the sense that they would quite not question my writing in a negative way, but I remember one producer sat now uh, when I was writing the song The Hills, there was a break that I just kind of wrote something and left it. And then he asked me if it was the best that I could do. And I remember just kind of pausing and I wanted to argue back, but then I was like, wait a second, no, maybe he has something here. So I, went, I remember going to the other room and just rewriting that whole entire part, and it came to be one of the strongest parts of the whole song. Um, so this time it was more listening to other input. It was spending a lot more time with the songs too, so spending almost a month with just one song instead of just, you know, yeah. writing a quick song and then recording it. Yeah, that's, um, you know, I really commend you for doing that because uh, it's it's very hard because when you're when you're committed as a writer to something, you know, you feel in your heart and soul that that's, you know, that's your baby, you know, you're nur you've nurtured that thing and brought it along and it's like it's so precious to like, you know, well, wait, he wants me to cut off a finger here. It's like, I don't know if I want to do that, you know. Uh, but, but, but you do grow from... Uh, those experiences and and I'm so big on rewriting because I mean I do that like right up until like as I'm going in the studio even though I've rewritten it like six times like I'll hear something and I'll go and and it's like you can just keep improving and improving and then at some point you just have to say okay it's time to walk away from this one I'm done you know it's like but but um that that was great that you did that so did you um you use different producers which um, I really think that is an awesome thing to do because different songs seem to have um, a different life of their own and people gravitate differently mm -hmm. to certain songs. So how did you build up this arsenal of producers that you have at your beck and call, my dear? Just like, you know, hey, come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, this, wow, it's, it was three years in the making. Um, I started off with a band that I was working with and they were helping to produce tracks had to get rid of them. Started with another producer who wasn't reliable, had to get rid of them. And then just one day I was really kind of down on my luck and uh, someone sent me a message on Instagram. I had no idea who this person was, but he said, hey, do you want to come to a studio one day? And I thought, oh, for sure, I'm going to get killed <laughs> if I go. Because <laughs> he's like, it's far away, it's in this place. And I wound up going, trusting it. I, I had a really good feeling about it. And that's where I met Satnam. And uh, with Satna, we worked on a couple of songs together and it was just, the flow was great. Um, and then I wound up presenting the song that I did with Satna to uh, an, a group at a conference. And everybody loved the song and that's where I met Bobby, uh, B. Morales. Um, so he heard the track and he said, hey, come down to the studio whenever. So we started working. And then uh, JT uh, was a recommendation from a friend uh, to be a drummer. And just one day he was like, oh, um, this is going to sound strange, but I produce too. So <laughs> I said, sure, let me hear the tracks. And next thing you know, he produced this, the track uh, Sit Back. Wow. Yeah. This, this is great. This is great that you have this many people that you're involved with now too, because, um, mm -hmm. because they obviously um, really respect 
the work you do, so they want to be a part. I mean, every producer wants to work with somebody who's um, not just talented, but has kind of the wherewithal to like say, I know what's right, and I know what's right for the music, you know, just not my ego. It's just about, I got to get this done because the music is speaking to me and telling me this this needs to be done in a certain exactly. way. Yeah, so do you record like in um, Toronto specifically now? Are you, you going to other places or you, you stay in there pretty much? Uh, mostly in Toronto. Yeah. Um, sometimes I head out to, I guess, the other region of Toronto, which is Brampton. Okay. Um, so I'll record there. Uh, yeah. What what yeah, is your what is your favorite favorite process um in the studio, Amani? Like do you do you like the recording of laying down the tracks, building it from the ground up? You do you like the mixing? Do you like you know, what's your favorite part of the whole process of taking it from raw song to, you know, getting it finally mastered? Um, the my favorite part would be it's actually probably two parts. My favorite part is when everything clicks with the producer and with me. So sometimes with Bobby, he'll just be playing on the piano one day. I'll be sitting doing probably nothing Facebook or something. And then there'll be something that he does that's perfect. And it just sparks an idea. And it's just that energy of, oh, wait, that's stop right there. Do that. And then we start working. And then he'll hear something that I say or, or sing that is perfect and we'll build it. So that little excitement, that little buzz is amazing. Um, and the next part is the when it's done recording. Like I love the recording process, yeah. but there's just something about when everything is recorded and there's that anticipation for what it's going to sound like when it's done and polished yeah. that I just absolutely love. Yeah, isn't it like a, it's such a jigsaw puzzle, isn't it? And like you were like what yeah. you were describing before, that feeling of, you know, and sometimes m myself I get this like, feeling of exasperation where it's just no no that's not right and i just take a breath and we and we go back to the drawing board and we say well let's try this and then all of a sudden we, we come back and things start fitting together again and then it's like like you described yeah. it's like it's like hitting it out of the park of a home run you know it's like whoa we're on to something now now this is going to really work yes. yeah yeah it, it is amazing yeah. though when when the mix starts to come together it's like wow this is just you know, yeah, I can't sit down. I'm not a sit down person. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you're too I'm excited, right? Yeah, I'm pacing and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. How about performances? Are you playing out uh, recent? You know, um, these days uh, to support the Saturn record. Uh, so these days, not too uh, much. Um, we're saving all the performances for next yeah, year. Okay. Uh, but this year was kind of. It was amazing performances. I did my first show out in the U.S. Um, I did uh, a couple shows in the city. Um, and then now we're working on Saskatchewan, which is going to be next week. Uh, it's going to be the big homecoming wow, show. Wow, they're letting <laughs> you come back? What yeah. happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how even the reception is going to be because nobody's seen me in a long time. Yeah, but, now they're all going to be you know, saying, Imani, they're going to be, I knew her when. I always knew she'd be awesome. I just didn't want her living in my... <laughs> Town, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's most likely what it is. Yeah. But everybody is very um, they're now it's very family oriented up is there. It? So majority of the people that I know have children and yeah. are married, and I was the only one that didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how yeah. about gigging back in the Sudan? Is that even a possibility right now? I mean, um, are there venues like there where you could play your kind of music over there? I mean, is it is it set up for that or? Yeah, there are lots of venues out there. there. Um, when I did the show in the U.S., it was part of uh, for South Sudan Unite, and I learned a lot more about doing shows out there. The only thing that doesn't work uh, works against me for for shows out there is security. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the only thing, just because uh, they do have a lot of conflicts that are going on. So um, we're still working it out. I'm hoping to do something possibly next summer. Yeah. Um, but we just may, we need to make sure the security is uh, number one. Wow. So it's 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 a dangerous place. I know that part of the world can be dangerous with all the you know the rivalries and things going on. Is it is there a war going right now, or is it 
or is it just uh, like like conflicts that spring up? Like what's really happening right now? Yeah, in certain regions, it's still considered a, a civil war. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, there's already a lot of poverty in certain areas too. Um, some villages, they still have their issues. Uh, they still have a huge thing with tribalism that's going on there. So one tribe fighting another tribe. Um, and then also, it's a very young country, very, very young. So there's a lot going on with the government. Um, it's just not a good place to go to uh, as a female right, <laughs> right yeah. now, especially, you know, with a team that probably doesn't understand the country as well. Yeah. So in order for me to go and do that show, I'd have to have a very good, secure team that understands that country and this country as well. Yeah, it's difficult because... You know, if you go to your to your east, you know, uh, well, I think Eritrea had, had settled their, uh, and Ethiopia settled their disputes. I mean, last I heard, mm -hmm. that's all over with, and, you know, there's a peace there now. But um, it's a little scary to, like, say, well, where do I go? You know, where is it safe, you know? Um, but it'll happen, I'm mm -hmm. sure. I'm sure it's going to happen. Uh, this is a good time to play Peacemaker. Yeah. What do you say? Yes. Here we go. Yes. This is Amani with Peacemaker. Starting to feel like we're never ever gonna go home. Still got bomb drops, gunshots, too many kids stranded alone. Ain't got a leader that will take us to the height we should be. Just a puppet on a string, like a rhyme for the sake of money. Great tones, great song, and we got a little bit of hip hop rap. We got we got everything. I mean, the drums. I don't even know how to describe it, so I shouldn't even try to pigeonhole it because uh, it just feels good. Yeah. 
So tell us about the, tell us the trail of writing mm -hmm. this one, Amani, and putting this one together. Uh, so this one was, it was inspired by the track. Um, it was uh, Rasselas who started it. And when I heard the track, I was like, this feels like it's a positive song. And I feel like it, it made me feel uplifted and made me feel like I have to fight for something. Um, so immediately when I got it, I named it Peacemaker. And then the chorus just kind of came to me. Um, then writing the parts, the verses, my verses were very, I was kind of teetering on this uh, side of like, I don't want to offend anybody. Right. But I also do kind of want to talk about what's going on um, in certain countries, not just even South Sudan, but just in general, because there's a lot of countries that are, are going through conflicts. And I just wanted an anthem that would explain kind of what's going on there. Uh, so a lot of the, the notes there are in reference to political leaders who are very corrupt. Yeah. As you can, you probably heard a lot of uh, countries that go in aid, but they're actually doing worse for the country instead of actually helping um, uh, th those countries. Um, and then Noise came on the track because um, Satnam was the one that uh, produced it. And then he asked Noise to come on. I wanted someone who was going to be able to deliver the message and understand. Yeah. And he over delivered. That no, was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love I love when that breaks in. It's like, oh, where where did that come from? This is cool. Yeah, <laughs> yes. You know, um, it's really hard to be, um, you know, to protect. Your, like you said, you don't want to offend somebody, and it's a it's kind of a really um, tricky thing to do because you want to be blatantly honest with your music and with your message. Uh, but it's kind of a fine line to walk, you know, like how far can you go before you'll create yeah. some kind of damaging effect, um, not only for, you know, for whatever you're discussing either, and you don't want it to come, you know, blow back on you either personally or in any other way for your career or anything, you know. So that that's a little yeah. difficult. But I know what you're saying. There's all kinds of um, countries where the, the aid goes there, and, you know, there's, there's gangs out there that, take the food and sell it and, you know, hold people hostage. And, you know, it's just really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. It's just really crazy time that, that we're living in right now. You know, really, really nuts. Yeah. Um, so this album, Saturn, this is really, you know, just terrific that you have this out and that you, what do you like to do? Are you like, um, like festivals? Is that your favorite thing to do? I'm getting a vibe that festivals are your favorite. Am I right about that? <laughs> yeah, I love festivals. Yeah. I love little private showcases too. Yeah. Um, a lot of times with festivals, um, they have particular songs that they like. Um, and I find with small showcases, yeah. I can really develop the idea, uh, the message that I want to deliver. Um, for example, with my album release, I planned it out almost like you're arriving at Saturn and you're experiencing Saturn from beginning to end why Saturn is the way it is. So just little showcases are usually my favorite, but festivals are great. You get little kids dancing at the front, which I love. <laughs> That's really cool yeah. that you um, mm -hmm. that you have it set up like that. That's really, really amazing. Um, so tell me about your favorite lineup for like when you play, um, what's your ultimate? And I know we, you know, as, as singer-songwriters, sometimes we have to... Um, play solo which which i do off i'm doing that right now um just really stripped down and enjoying it but um that's not the real you know the produced sound is is a little more robust with you know more instrumentation and so forth so for your sound mm -hmm. what's the best lineup um instrumentally and and vocally on stage for you uh so the best lineup uh would be uh producer uh, pianist. So B. Morales is, uh, he always does my piano and the playback. Uh, there's just some sort of synths that, you know, can't be replicated. Right. Uh, so he just does the backing track and then having a drummer uh, would be absolutely important. Yeah. Because it just gives that fire, that live element to it. And then just me on the vocals. Right. Wow. Can't, can I, can I request to throw in a conga player that plays all kinds of drums? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it's uh, the irony in that is that we had a we had a djembe player actually come oh, out yeah. for the album release right uh for a couple of or actually for one song just to spice it up and just add a different flavor yeah to it. 
Um, but uh, who knows? We might change it up and do congos. <laughs> That's one of my favorite. Like having a full, dr- like a really good drummer who plays with a percussionist. That's like that's just killer. I could I could see yeah. that for your music easily. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about um, what do you like to do um, when you're not doing music? Um, what's like fun for you? Restful chilling out, like just taking some time for yourself. What do you like to do besides write, create, and so forth? (laughs) Write, create. Well, I think I probably would have given you a a totally different answer five years ago (laughs) when we did the first interview. Um, Nowadays, um, I just like staying at home, cooking. Um, I like to go out and check out a lot of local shows. Um, and I guess my music tastes have changed too. So I'd rather a full orchestra or a really good, good band. Uh, not too much drinking, you know, a theater show. Yeah. So that's kind of my idea. Or maybe just like a weekend with a glass of wine and a book. <laughs> yeah, you said cooking. Yeah. That's fun. That's, yes. that's very therapeutic <laughs> too. And then you get to enjoy your work after you're done, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right about you're right about that. It's like, um, and and you know, as a singer too, you you know, you have to be careful on the drinking because it's like, like for me, like I love beer, but um, and I do like wine too, but like I don't touch wine like or anything when I'm singing. I'm not. I don't touch anything, but um, got to be careful because mm-hmm. the wine really dries out your throat. You know, it's like, what did I do to myself? You know, like if you just have some the night before yeah. or something, it's. You know, it's probably not a good idea. How about um, <laughs> how about like physical fitness? Are you uh, do you like yoga? Do you like running? Do you like do anything like in that world at all? Yeah, I'm still very much into running, uh-huh. um, but these days it's more on the treadmill. Okay, yeah, <laughs> just because it's been such a busy schedule and it's just easier to just run to the gym and and uh, do a treadmill. But yoga has become my new thing. Um, just been usually I do about an hour or two of yoga a day really uh which is a lot yeah, yeah. that is but a lot. I feel like it yeah it helps a lot because um it just it calms my mind yeah because I do the music and there's so much like moving parts to the music these emails the show make sure you make it to this practice talking to all the band members everything like that that sometimes my brain is fried yeah, <laughs> it almost literally fried. Right. So when I go to yoga, it just it reminds me that I'm just a human. Yeah, and I'm just doing my best, and it relaxes me. And then I just take a shower, and I'm good. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all I've been doing it for fifteen or fifteen or sixteen years, like wow. regularly for like I've been doing hot yoga for I could go at least four times a week, at least. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so good for everything. I mean, even like laying down after a vigorous workout <clears throat> in Savasana, mm-hmm. um, I sometimes I actually bring my little black book in with me because all these ideas flood my brain after like I'm yeah. done working out, like you get song titles or a phrase or something. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so, so what do you think for for the, for the next album after Saturn runs its course? Are you? I, I think you're already writing the next album. That's my the sense I'm getting. Oh, you caught me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've actually, I, I'm not supposed to. My producer told me to calm down Yeah. Um, and just take it easy and let this ride out. But yeah. I I have this concept in my mind to do something that's more um, earthly. So kind of like we were in space in the distance and then now it's on Earth. And ever since I just uh, I turned 30, uh-huh. I've just been thinking a lot more about you know, just the origins of myself, the origins of people, the stories behind people, and then just kind of what the future holds. Yeah. But not in a worrisome kind of way, but like maybe in the way of blossoming into motherhood, blossoming into something, you know, something divine. Right, right. Yeah. You're very cerebral. Kind of you, you, you really, you really <laughs> think things through. And uh, that's what I love about your music. You don't just... Uh, you know, just write very fluffy type of things. It's like there's 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 deep conceptual meaning behind all of your work, which mm-hmm. uh, I find really really so good, so great. You know, it's just it's really good, and I think it's time now for the video. Which I'm I gotta ask you 
Now, this was done, it, I, I don't know if this was done in your country, but it, this was done in some exotic place. Where was this done? Oh, my gosh. Everybody always says that it's, it's done in another country. And, uh, but it actually was done in Toronto. Really? Uh, yes. It just the conditions for that day just worked out perfectly. Yeah. Um, it's at the Scarborough Bluffs. Um, so just one day I told my videographers, we need to do this out in a really nice area. They picked the bluffs. I wanted it overcast. It was overcast. And because it was so foggy and misty, um, nobody was at the beach right. that day. Wow. Because <laughs> it was too, yeah, the weather wasn't that great. So we wound up having the whole beach to ourselves and got the drone and just started shooting. Wow, you did this so well. Yeah. Um, for you folks on the YouTube channel, you're going to enjoy this video. And for you guys on the podcast, this is called The Hills. Here's Amani's video. Amani ill-fated. Okay, so you didn't design the dress. Who designed the dress? Cool dress. <laughs> uh, so it's a lady called Zena K. Uh -huh. um, so she's she's amazing because she can do things 
last minute. Our designer wasn't available to do the shoot. And she, with two days left to the shoot, she just happened to whip it up and send it over. So, yeah. wow, that that's great. That's great. <laughs> and and um, you know, tell me about the day. Was that an entire day of filming? You, they usually are for videos. Yeah, it was one of the longest, coldest yeah. days. Um, we had to have like we had a emergency number just in case we got stuck or frozen. <laughs> um, I had to walk in mud a little bit. I know, and you're there. You look like it's <laughs> yeah. a summer day with that dress on. I'm like, oh my god! I, I kind of knew that like something. You know, you had to you had to be like struggling. You didn't look like you were struggling, but oh yeah, but I know those days oh, are yeah. just work and work and work. And people think you're having fun. It's like. It's not not really. <laughs> oh no no, it wasn't fun. It, 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 I mean, I have fun yeah. because I love I love what right. I do. So it doesn't matter how many hours we're there. I could be there the whole day. Yeah. It's just a matter of when my team is looking at me and saying, you know, we don't want you to wind up in the hospital. And I'm like, just one more. Yeah. Let's just do one more shot, okay? This will be yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Determined to get it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As we're winding down, um, Amani, what are you looking forward to the rest of, um, well, this year's a wrap pretty much. I mean, we're like in November, like the middle of November. Mm -hmm. So going into 2020, um, is your, I know you're going to be working on another record and uh, I know you're going to be playing again too. So where can we look forward to seeing you? Um, is it going to be Canada? Is it going to be the United States or hopefully both? Uh, so we're going to do a mixture of both, um, as well as Europe. So that's, wow. uh, that's been a destination of mine uh, that I've been keeping in mind for a long time. Yeah. So uh, it'll be Europe, the United States, and Canada. And hopefully we will be able to end the year off in Australia. You don't uh, mess around, uh, do you? Oh, no, no. I love I love to work. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's great. Australia is so mm -hmm. fab. I have um, a lot of artists who have been on this show, and I keep getting invited down there. I got to get down there. Um, I love that. that oh, yeah. I've never been to that country, but you know, for what I know of it, it just looks gorgeous. Um, best place that we can send everybody who's listening to this interview to uh, support you, purchase your music, be a fan of Amani Ill-Fated. Where should we go? Uh, so you can check out my website, uh, com. Okay, we'll be sending everybody there. And I'll put all your social links and everything in the show notes along with your website. And um, once again, um, Amani, this was really just fun for me. I love, you know, when there's an yeah. artist who just like works their butt off like you do and who has talent. Um, it's just a magical elixir, and I just love to see you um, tearing it up, and I'm so happy for you. So I just mm -hmm. want to wish you all of uh, the luck, love, and success, and all of God's blessings on everything you do. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. <laughs> you will never know everything. Peacemaker, and the video, The Hills. These are the songs, the stories, the collections, the adventures, the experiences of Amani Ilfated. I hope you guys love this interview like I did today on the Dharmic Evolution. Please go over to uh, Amani's pages, her uh, socials, her website. Support all that she is doing musically and artistically. Um, got a real gem here, and uh, I'm so happy for her career. And I know some of you folks are as well, so please support her. If you haven't had a chance to go over to the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page, we put it up there for artists everywhere around the world. So I hope you join us. Um, if you really dig what's going on here, leave a comment in the blog on the website. Go to dharmicevolution.com. Leave us your comments. Let us know what you think of the show. And if you go on the uh, Facebook community page, you can you know put up your content on there. If you're an artist, a singer, a songwriter, if you're an author, a speaker, a thought leader, maybe you have a TED Talk coming up. Or you have some uh, engagement that you'd like people to know about. Did you put up a new video? Do you have a new song, a new album, a photo shoot? Are you playing a gig somewhere? 
Put it on Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page and you will get support from all over the world. And if you just dig music and you want to support artists on there, go ahead, stop by and just let us know what you're thinking. Also, the Depression Fighters Manual is back up. <laughs> the website was like crashed or something. It was, it was just a technical mess. Um, with the, the DNA provider, DYN provider, or the domain provider, whatever, something, something really crazy happened. So we're, we're back up online again. And uh, for those of you who haven't had a chance to get my Depression Fighters Manual, it's, um, it's on the James Kevin O'Connor music page on Facebook. There's a link there. You can just click it and you can send that to somebody who is struggling with depression. Uh, they would appreciate it, and so would I. That's it for me today. That's a wrap. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. But right now, I'm going to play something very, very close to Amani's country, the closest I could come was Eritrea, which is directly to the, that would be to the east and northeast of her country. And um, it's a original song written for a lady from Eritrea. So here's Eritrean Eyes. Choose a place to die, it would 